The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Hello world, how are you? Uh, it's me, Nate, host of this old Artist Exchange radio show. Um, I'm tired. Uh, it is definitely one of those days. Um, I had mixed up the schedule and I thought this week was next, next week because we're not here next week. Um, our guest for the day will come the following Friday, um, and it'll all work itself out. Um, just a couple things uh, going on right now. We're still preparing for Baltimore Fashion Week. Um, I'll be opening up that week, I believe, with the first event, the Emerging Artist uh, Showcase, um, and I'll be that'll be August the fifteenth. Um, if you go to the Artist Exchange page after the show. It'll be, it should be on there and also on our Instagram. If you go to Vashtop Blue Jewelry on Studio on Instagram, you'll see the link. Um, and then I'm going to be posting this evening as well um, for that. Um, what's happening this week? Um, oh, a continuation from last week, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, this upcoming election that we're having here uh, in Maryland. Um, on Tuesday. Uh, I also want to talk about what I see, foresee as the state of our schools as it pertains to programming and the switching of uh, principals and the closing of schools. Um, I also want to speak a little bit about the statement that our mayor here in Baltimore made about the squeegee kids, um, which was a little encouraging, but it also, I don't, that statement, and he didn't say this particularly, but he made a comment. Um, he understands why they're out there, but he should serve as an example of why they don't have to be out there. And I don't see him doing photo ops or going out and meeting these squeegee kids. So how would they know who you are other than the Afro mayor? Um, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I also want to talk about um, one, our mental health as it pertains to how it's affecting our physical health. Um, and I'll tell you why that's a topic. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about the state of our children, um, separate from the squeegee boys, but amen, because not all of them are boys. Um, but your children often open up to people that are not you more than they open up to you. Um, I'm working at a, um, uh, some, it's more like a workforce development um, internship uh, with some high school students this summer. 
And we're specifically, we're making jewelry and as it pertains to them becoming a business. Um, so we're teaching them business by way of jewelry design. Um, and some of them are really talented and I think we'll think about making it a, a business uh, soon. We have a final closing on August the 5th and I'll share that out as well so because the public can actually come to that um, and see their work um, and such. Um, hmm. uh, I wanna kind of close out where we left off last week when I was speaking about how we do business with each other and how we communicate with each other or lack thereof. Um, and I am not a necessarily a feeling type of person, but my emotions are starting to get tied up. Well, at one point my emotions were getting tied up in just the lack of communication between people because um, not that it upset me at all, but more so it just, it's a little frustrating to see people actively uh, speak out against each other. I'm not a gossiping person. Um, and I've learned that even my conversations about people, I can't, and that's not me because that turns into gossip the more you do it. Um, and I don't like putting a bad mouth on anybody, even if somebody's done me wrong. Many of my friends really get on me for not matching energy, but I don't want to be that person. I'm just not that, because I don't care enough to be that person. I'll be real honest with you. Um, but I'm, I'm noticing how, how and what people do to get ahead and they will cut their own people off just to make it, make it out of whatever situation they find themselves in. And I feel like karma is brutal on individuals who knowingly, um, create dissension, um, are sneaking, conniving, um, and just two-faced for no reason. Like if, if you go be about your business, be about your business. Leave other people's business alone. Keep your mouth off of people. If somebody else is bringing you that information, cut them off. You know, and I know it's easier, easily said than done because many people, that's how they think they get ahead or that's how they think they fall in the grace of people with a little bit of money but people are watching you. And if you'll sit up and talk about somebody that's that you are close to, or you know, they're sizing you up and realizing, I'm gonna let this person get but this far with me because I have to always watch them. They're never gonna trust you because you're sitting up talking to somebody, talking to them about somebody who's probably knows you more than they do. So just know that people are watching that and people are very observant of that. And um, it does not serve anybody when we do that. Um, <clears throat> please feel free to like, share, subscribe, and comment on either platform you may find this in, um, YouTube, Facebook, so on and so forth. Um, let, us, let me know what you think. Um, yeah, that is it's an interesting, uh, thing because I'm seeing it in many different spaces and it's just for nothing like
people are really miserable in this world and they'll do things to feel taller than or bigger than just to, you know, they'll do those things just to feel a little bit taller or more significant in the space. Um, but I'm, I'm learning how to just make people invisible and just stay away from uh, negativity and individuals who kind of breathe that, that atmosphere. Um, I'm a person who, um, I work, I work hard. Um, I'm consistent in the things that I want to do. And I'm even more consistent uh, and dedicated in the pursuits that I see fit. Because, um, can you not hear me? What happened? I can't hear you. I don't, I'm laughing at comments. <laughs> Riga, Riga said, put the shades back on so we can tell that you're not sleepy. <laughs> First of all, I don't mind doing that. Thank you. I hate when celebrities jump into conversations. She must be backstage in her green room somewhere. Um, <clears throat> I actually put, I put my new shades on. Support from the Thank you. How they look? Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm just learning how to um, just deal with individuals that may not be at their best. Um, another lesson that I learned this this week is um, forgiveness, forgiveness and um, just the value of family. Often, you know, and I know a lot of people are busy. I, I try to stay as busy as I can. I don't like doing nothing. So I try to stay busy. But um, this week, um, I had to watch uh, my sister be in a hospital um, for what I suspect is uh, something that was brought on by stress. Um, me and my sister are in many ways alike, and that's one of the ways that we are very similar uh, because um, we keep a lot of stuff inside. And I'm learning now how important it is to let things out, even when you're frustrated or when you're not pleased or anything, let it, let it out and constructively let it out in appropriate times and appropriate places to the appropriate people let it out and don't let it be bottled up inside of you. And I'm not a doctor or anything, but I, I just know, you know, our physical selves can often be a reflection of our mental selves. Um, when we are stressed or depressed, that opens our body up to all types of illnesses and sickness because it kind of weakens our immune system. When you are under stress, or you under a lot of pressure, it's easily, you know, you can easily open yourself up to getting sick. It's, you'll, you'll probably get sick faster. Um, and a lot of the things that I'm seeing, I'm seeing young people as early as 25 to 27 dealing with strokes um, and heart attacks and heart disease um, and just curable and manageable illnesses that get out of hand because our life is so hectic, everybody chasing a bag, everybody's um, pushing and pushing and pushing and not taking the time to really deal with self. Um, and it is, um, 
it's hard. It's hard for me as I'm getting older to see what damage I've done to my body due to not managing stress uh, appropriately. And it's very sad to see, it was very sad to, to go to the hospital and see um, her in the hospital um, like that. And I'm sure um, it's due to stress. Um, she's been a nurse throughout this whole pandemic um, and never complained. I never saw a post from her where it was, she was stressed. Um, and I just personally know her enough to know that she keeps a lot inside. So um, I'm really appreciate, appreciative to all the people who DM me to check in on her throughout this week since I made the post, all the people who left prayers on the post that I made. Um, I believe she responded um, to that if you liked it or said a prayer. So I really appreciate it. And you don't realize how many people support you um, until things like this happen. And it's unfortunate that that's the time where we are most collective when someone's life is in the balance. Uh, but that that's human nature. I wish we would do that more and give people that support and those flowers throughout their life, not just when they down bad. Um, but again, that's our nature. And that's, that's um, Unfortunately, that's our nature, and I'm, I'm, I am changing me, and I'm changing how I interact with people and engage with people, and how I treat people, and how I allow people to treat me. Not just I was reading a um, book by Yola, and one of the things that she said was, "You can't tell somebody how to treat you. You can only." determine whether or not you will stay in their presence while they're treating you that way. Um, and if somebody's not treating you well, move on. Don't go back. Don't feel tempted to text or call or check up. Um, separate yourself. And really, you know, if it's meant to be, if you will find a way to bridge that um, hurt or damage and repair it and move forward. But it doesn't mean you need to go back to where you were. Um, a valuable lesson that I'm learning. Um, and just showing up as myself um, is my most important lesson. As I get closer to 40, um, it's very valuable to me to be my most authentic self. And it, for me, it was more so, um, I never liked to, well, I'll say it this way. I don't, I used to shrink myself or diminish the value of myself and the greatness in who I am because I didn't want anybody else to feel bad about themselves. And I had a lot of people around me that were, was comfortable with me shrinking myself. So I had to clear everyone off and I'm kind of in the process of reevaluating who I want in my life and who I don't want in my life. And you have that right and you have that, um, you have that power over your life. You can't determine whatever anybody else does, but you can determine whether or not you want to stay around while they're doing what they do. Um, so uh, maintain your mental health. If you know there's a lot going on, you know, it, it may set you back a little bit to, to focus on you mentally, uh, but I would say it is, it is more of an investment in the things you want, the life you want, the person you want to become, um, and healing in general, when you take that time to do some mental check-ins 
and you making sure that you are good and you are doing the things in life that you know you want to do. Um, I'm really, um, I am satisfied in my life right now, despite whatever storm or struggles that may be happening. Um, I'm really pleased with myself because I have not lashed out or got angry at unjustifiably, uh, but I have maintained my calm and my peace. Most importantly, my peace. And uh, it is what, what I lean on the most um, in these times, in this, in this moment of my life. Um, I'm kind of coming out of what I uh, self-titled my selfish stage, and I'm really focusing on, you know, building relationships, repairing relationships, um, but I will not go back to things that hurt me or sought to hurt me, um, and I'm good with that, and if that affects somebody or it makes someone upset or uncomfortable or frustrated with me, that's I can't do anything about your emotions. That's something that you need to figure out and you need to do the work that is required for you to kind of balance out and stop blaming people for every finger. And one of the things I, I have almost on a daily basis, I'm telling this to my students, every finger you pointing at someone, blaming them or accusing them or whatever, is three fingers pointing back at you. And it's, you have three times the responsibility that that individual have in terms of how you respond, how what they're saying or doing is affecting you, them being in your presence altogether. So um, really, really focus on mental health and, and getting as balanced. There's no such thing as perfection, but you can strive for balance. Um, and it's trying to achieve that balance is going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be a little um, hectic when it comes to making decisions that you aren't typically used to making. But a lot of those decisions are, is to keep your cup full and running over. And everything that pours out into that sauce is what you then have to give to others or maintain your full cup. It is an old um, saying, you know, if you're in a plane crash, well, in a, if the plane is going down, you know, and the, the little thing comes down, a little suction cup, comes down on um, breathing thing, you should put it on yourself first and then look around you and see who you can save. Um, and that's, that's a very valuable lesson that I took advantage of when I was younger. And it means and, and has so much more value to me in this moment because I'm learning to make sure I'm good. Because if I'm not good and I'm trying to still give of myself, it really allows me the space to be able to Take, take the time to make sure I'm good and repair myself and fill myself back up. And then I can go out and help the world because other than that, I'm just running on fumes and the quality of what I'm giving you in my support and my help um, is not nearly as good as it could be if I um, took time out for me. Um, I wanted to touch briefly, that's, that's my little soapbox on mental health. I do have a therapist lined up for August. Um, and I'm hoping that they can come throughout the month because I wanted to create a bunch of topics um, surrounding mental health um, as I'm going on a different journey in my life. I, I, I've been saying for over a year now, or two years rather, that I want to focus on my book and really finishing that. And I put that process, project down during the pandemic 
so I could repair a lot of stuff and heal from a lot of stuff and just get through. Sometimes you just got to get through to the other side of situations that you're in so you can be a better balanced person and you'll give more quality um, everything uh, to yourself. And um, yeah, so that's the that's one of the niche journeys of my life outside of me just jumping out of there creatively and doing some projects. Um, I had a meeting today and I'll be having a few more um, in the next couple of weeks with a few individuals um, and we'll be, um, I'm getting back to directing in person um, and doing some productions and I'm kind of assembling a team of people to be able to go forth and do that with. And I'm really, um, I'm just in a space of being satisfied and grateful. Um, and sometimes gratefulness comes in the midst of a, a terrible storm. You know, the last thing I ever want to hear via phone or any information somebody's giving me that somebody I know is in a hospital or sick or not doing well. Um, so my niece calling me to tell me that my sister was in the hospital was a blow, but I realized how far I had come in my balanced life. Um, that it affected me emotionally, but it did not stop me creatively, business-wise. Bad news used to stop me in my tracks, and now I'm able to move forward with it. And I, I always had a, a good face, but I'm good inside and out now. I'm not just, you know, giving you, you know, a shell, uh, but I'm actually as good on the inside as I am, as I'm moving through, as I'm healing, as I'm growing, you know, and I'm still getting growing pains, so on and so forth, but I have a better balance with that. And I want to, I have a few guests that I'm bringing on, on the therapeutic side that will um, kind of give some insight into where I'm at and what is possible. Because um, I'm, I'm still learning myself, but as far as I've come, with managing my uh, emotions and actually being able to express them without worrying about how it's going to make somebody else feel or uh, something like that. But I've come a, a long way. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful for the people that stuck around, the people who are in my space right now, the people who um, are there. You know, and being there doesn't always mean we're hanging out all the time, or we, but just there. You know, if I post something, say like I did for my sister, I saw the people who I don't get to see all the time, you know, say kind words. And many of them didn't even know her. I don't talk a lot about my family to people anymore. Um, so a lot of the people didn't even know her, but just the kindness of strangers sometimes is a remarkable thing to witness. And it was very much so a positive thing. And it was directed towards my sister, but I got a lot of encouragement out of it um, also just to see how people um, share kindness. But I wish we could do that all the time, not just in those moments where it's needed, but as maintenance along the way. So when those things happen, we're already in a posture of giving flowers and you know spreading love and encouragement and praying for each other, whatever prayer may look like for you. Um, so yeah, I wanna now transition 
speaking of praying for people um, to the upcoming election. Um, Marnie, I know you already voted. Um, what do you see the outcome of this election here looking like compared to some of the other places in the country that have seen some crazy turnouts? He probably get on camera today because he got his head done. So no, my apologies. My phone is ringing at the same time. So I was going to answer it, but then you you called me on. <laughs> um, as far as this election, I, I'm I'm I don't know because I don't know what people want. I'm just not. I'm seeing a lot of people that I don't want to choose from because apparently, I mean, it, it's still a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. on what people think politicians do. And that's mm -hmm. because of lack of education. I think I mean, certain politicians. Because of lack, of lack of education. I don't understand why the school system does not train or teach about what her, what the particulars are of a job uh, as a politician. I think that's something that's, that's missed. Mm, I got a little bit in U.S. history. But that's you. Um, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not even talking about U.S. history. U.S. history is one thing. I'm talking about in your local town. We don't get the yeah. education on what the mayor does. We don't get the education on what a well, controller is. We don't get the education a, on what. Like, and I, maybe because I went to a private school, I, I had a civics class. So maybe that class needs to be reinstated throughout school. Um, but expound it on because civics teach you about the top level of government, the judiciary, the legislature, and the executive. That's what that teaches you want. And then citizenship. That's what that teaches you want. It doesn't teach you about the local politician level. We don't well, you don't know you don't learn anything about that until you're actually out of school. <laughs> well, well, see, and that was different for me because my civics class went throughout the gambit. So I know I knew a lot of like I knew how the president was the people who picked the president. I knew that came at the local level. So I knew a lot of those things. I'm I'm saying that needs to be brought back and made into the public schools. So people do have a better yeah. understanding of what people is. Because I Right, I because think, no one knows what the state's attorney does, apparently. They the the, right. the word attorney doesn't mean anything to, to people. They right. just want what they want when they want it. And when they say that they mean like they want the state's attorney to be out there fighting crime. That's not the term uh, it's an attorney. It's not the job. A, everything an attorney over. does is after the fact. An attorney does stuff after the fact. It's not before, it's not it's not during, it's that's, after. Right. And there's a mis uh, there's a misunderstanding of her job title in terms of how she relates to the police department. Mm -hmm. They're all criminal justice. If if that's what people think, they're all under that umbrella. But they of all have justice. different jobs. And they're totally different sections of that company that they meet at points, but like the like Marilyn Mosby would talk more to detectives than she would to uh, the mayor or mm -hmm. city councilman or right. and and I think they have a natural relationship with each other because they have to cross paths a lot. But when but it comes to fighting crime, she's not creating bills or laws or anything. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. When it comes to fighting crime, fighting crime, you should more so look at your councilman and your mayor 
towards right. fighting crime, not at your state's attorney. Your state's attorney is prosecuting the crime that has already been committed. Right. That's right. not her and, job well, to and, make your crime rate go down. <laughs> what I, I would say, she has done a better job, more so than any other uh, state's attorney that I can remember, with putting her business in the prevention. She's done a lot of preventative things like she Are you talking about creating programs that, that programs associate that. And, and activities for kids to do? So because a lot of these, uh, um, what you call it, um, not camps, but rec centers didn't have the hours at first. So I think she did a great job of creating programming on a weekly basis. It wasn't daily, but it was also on a weekly basis where she did a lot of um, programming and, and underutilized spaces. Um, to give them like open mics and town halls and concerts and festivals for them, for young people specifically. So mm -hmm. I think that was a big initiative with her. I would have hoped that she did a little bit more with the Squeegee Boys, just as a representation, you know, of government stepping in and saying, hey, we're doing this, being as though she did all that programming on the other side. But again, that's not her job. So I'm not mad at her for not going harder with that, but I I would have hoped that she would have included that too um, as a part of her mantle. But uh, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of people who don't understand all of government, but because it is a lot of information and, and they have a real old school way of dealing with it, like they only tell us what they think we need to know. Versus but that's the thing. So like I was telling you about all these postcards that I'm getting, right? Mm -hmm. These people that are running for state's attorney in particular are running on the missing uh, fighting crime information. Yeah, right. The they're running on fighting crime as if 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 that's their job and it's not their job. Now, right. if you're going to talk about fighting crime and you're saying you're going to do your pro your, your prosecutorial rate is going to increase, then that's different. But when you talk about basis, you, you run it on the basis of saying that you're going to be fighting crime, then that's a lie. But it's, it's, some, it's, it's scare tactics, but they know people aren't really understanding of what her they, job That's is. what I'm saying. And they're running on the fact that they're lying to you about what they're going right. to do when it comes to fighting crime, when they have no dog in the race. Because their their job is more on the accountability side of law. So Exactly. You, Holding the people that have already right, committed the crime accountable. Right. That's different than fighting crime. Right. Because fighting right. crime ensures that you're going to fight the crime as it's being as, as it's happening in the moment. It does help, but it it helped, But she would need. She doesn't have the judges on her side. Most times, the judges don't. They don't. They're not even respecting of the prosecution because these are the things. I mean, but then it, it all could, because it all goes to being able to prove your case. You have to be able to prove your case beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, if you can't that, do that, then that true. person that committed a crime is back on the street. If, if and you have done nothing. On, if everybody was on the same page and people weren't getting paid off and such, the job of the prosecutor would be cut and dry because we wouldn't have people paying people off or, you know, um, siding with the defense every time because they have an agenda against the prosecution. Like it, it would it would not be, uh, or if people didn't look at, um, the lawyers all the same. They, you know, it, it is hard to, I know her job is hard because people have the wrong 
messaging about what her job is. You know, like you said, part of her title says attorney. So she's the head attorney for the city of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Not for the state of Maryland, just for the city of Baltimore. And, and that, that has a very specific job title where she's done a lot in trying to get cases off the, the books that don't make sense. Like she's, she says she's not prosecuting anymore weed charges under a certain amount because it just doesn't, it doesn't make her job any easier because that's just a bunch of petty crimes compared to people being shot and killed or, you know, extortion or all those, you know, uh, things. And it's, it's, we live in a space where people create narratives about people and they don't even have any interactions with these people to even know what they do. Many of the people who you find, like that one lady, I can't even remember her name. I think she lives in Park Heights. Like she, all she does is sit on the internet like, I want to know what the rest of her life is like, because all she does is sit on the internet and talks bad about Democrats mm. while she's living in the middle of Park Heights. Like, you could do more with your life in this part of the city that you're in than sitting on there still talking about Sheila Dixon. <laughs> Just, like, she gets a hard-on for that lady. I don't know why, but she does. Oh, and, and mostly Democrats, and definitely um uh our state's attorney Marilyn Mosby like I that was she's the only person that I'm sure that I'm voting for I, I'm not really sure about anything was there anything on your ballot that was strange or it seemed like it was something that looked like they were trying to slide through mm, no it was just I, I, like I said, uh, my problem is the visibility. It was it's a lot of people that you just don't know. No, no, and that's been happening for the last couple of years. Well, more than likely, last about five or six elections, we just have this onset of people that want to run for offices, and I don't know what's is um. I don't think they're on the ballot this year, though. The um. Electoral College, they're not on the ballot this year, right? No, that's only presidential. So it, and it, it makes it hard when all these frivolous individuals like I, what's the, what's the, no, not the row, the, um, the prostitute, the pip, the John, whatever you call them, uh, like him, it's like, why are you still running? Nobody trusts you, sir. Oh, who, uh, Theru? <laughs> Theru, yeah, like nobody trusts you. But they're still, you know, and I'm, everybody's allowed to run if you're qualified to run. But it's just, I don't, I don't know what we're getting ourselves into because I don't want people choosing between the lesser of two evils. Or well, I ain't choosing Mosby, so you go pick somebody over here that's not going to do any better of a job, optics-wise. Because if you have a misunderstanding of what someone's job title is, you getting rid of this person and getting this person, you're going to be just as pissed. That's why mm -hmm. we got Biden right now and not Hillary Clinton. Because you you listening to propaganda versus doing your own research and realize a lot of this stuff doesn't have an origin. 
Which is, I mean, I'm glad you said something about Biden because this is the I've been thinking about this for the past couple of days too. How people keep saying they didn't, they're not getting what they expected from Biden. Well, you also are not getting what you expected from Biden because you, a lot of y'all didn't do what y'all was supposed to do and take over the take over the Senate properly, right? If right. you would have voted correctly, then he would have had control of the Senate. Because he doesn't have control of the Senate, you're seeing more of the same. Nothing getting done. That is your fault. Because we had control. Accept responsibility, humans. Had you had to accept right. responsibility of yourself. You yep. did not take control of the Senate. You have the majority, but that's not control. You need to have 60 people to have control of the Senate. You have 51. That's not we enough. Gained- and we gained people, but because uh, we were in a deficit prior to Biden. Correct. Biden. That's what I'm saying. You gained the majority. Good, congratulations. But as long as the filibuster rule is in place, then you don't have control of the Senate. Right. You have, and that's the that's the information that people don't have, and that's the unfortunate part because you you voted in the less of two evils that you that people say, but at the same time, but you didn't you give didn't them no power. That. You wrote right. them in with no exactly. power. Yeah. And those are more the local elections and the other people on the ballot when you vote for president. Because when stuff doesn't become law and he has to do everything by executive order, what ends up happening is is when the next president comes in, he can overrule everything he did. Yeah. Just like Biden's doing with everything Trump did. He's overruling everything he did. Same thing Trump did with Obama. Like, they just... Exactly. It's just a vicious cycle. If that's why... I don't understand that filibuster rule. That's crazy. Majority rules, period. Yeah. Well, and that's that's an outdated... It's an outdated process. And and what needs to really happen is we need to figure out how to get those things off. You know, off of the process. Out of the process. Because it really does damage anything like because you don't want me to get an abortion because you can do a filibuster that that takes away my right to get that abortion and i think it's those are the things that we need to be solving not just blaming all the democrats because they're not tough enough well you're not you're not involved enough and you're not informed enough because the president is only one third of the whole government and it requires the other two parts of that government. And many of those people, if not the majority of those people, are elected officials that you elect. So the judges that are crooked, the senators that's about the money, all those people are people that you keep putting in in, in place. And this has been the first time in Baltimore City that I've never heard talk of the city council president. I haven't heard anything good, bad, and different against for nothing. And his wife is getting everything. I'm not saying he needs what he needs to do because they're they're working. So it's not like he can necessarily just jump out and defend her. But I haven't seen his dog be put under the microscope. And a lot of this stuff. He did get some flack for that. That that um house program that he was trying to get started. I mean, that was about it, though. But that's one thing compared to schools are still being shut down. Um, a lot of the bills, a lot of the um, 
uh, housing type of things. And I know that's kind of a shared responsibility with the mayor as well. But a lot of that stuff goes across the city council's desk before it even gets to the mayor. And I just haven't seen his job be put under the microscope. Even because all the money issues stem from him. Remember, it started with him, but she got the blame for it. So remember, it was his, I think it was a loan, a school loan that was in default or something, or they got a lien on the house because it was some type of bill that was supposed to stem from him. Now, they're husband and wife, so I'm sure they share each other's information, but she got all the blame for it. And he is, this is cool. They don't even criticize him for standing behind her when she's doing press releases for her legal troubles and whatnot. But it's it's just a weird thing. We, we, you can tell we still live in a sexist world. Um, but I'm 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 not nervous to vote. I'm very sure. Like I've been going through all the names and kind of doing some bad checking on them. That's why the road, like he's annoying to me. Like I want him to just stop. He just like he's gonna run for whatever seems to be. Oh, they against Marilyn Mosby. I'm running for state's attorney. Like you just. You don't know what you want to be. First, you want to be mayor. Now you want to be state's attorney. Like, what he going to take any job that he can get. Any job, <laughs> any way he can get in. Has he even ever been in government? I don't. I don't not not outside of it. I think he was a prosecutor before. So you've never even been in government. I don't know. I don't know none of them. I still don't care. I'm voting uh, for the people that I, um, I have a track record with. Well, and that's most of them not on there. None of them, most of them are new. It seemed like there's a lot of new faces. I don't faces. have my ballot right here, but I would try, I could tell you. Um, it feels like, like I voted for Anthony Brown for state's attorney, for, for um, for, for um, not state's attorney, but for attorney general. Attorney general. But he's done he, that job. No, he wasn't. He didn't. No, he, he was lieutenant job. governor. Okay. I wonder who. So I knew, I know him and I know his track record and how he was helping. He tried to help the black community a lot while he was in the governor's um, mm -hmm. office. And that's one I know I voted for. Uh, all the rest of them, they was like, oh, no, I, I did vote for, um, I'm happy to say I voted for Marilyn Mosby again because she didn't mm -hmm. do anything wrong to me or anything else. As far as I'm concerned, her policies worked. But don't you find it interesting all these years she's been being reelected? She never even promoted herself for that. It would just election to be over and she's the state's attorney again. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I suspect that that's the reason why all this stuff is coming out about that like, they really want to get her out of there. Because I've never seen her have to promote herself so much. She had all the lines, lines. But I, if you ask somebody specifically why they want to get her out of there, they can't answer that question or they'll say because crime is so high what does that have to yeah. do with her <laughs> well she's or oh, i keep hearing she's a bitch or she's arrogant but she has to be she's a prosecutor because you you might be in front of her one day and you can't be so she can't be seen being weak mm -hmm. and that's not her character anyway it doesn't appear to be right because you anymore. again we are her citizens she can't appear in front of us as being weak and right. prosecuting us. Yep. So you can't go around being nice all the time. I mean, I'm not saying that niceties is 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 offered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's how you accept it. I I I'm stuck on the what you said about people just not having the the information. 
And when I hear people speak about her, the same way they would speak about Sheila Dixon, she's very arrogant and she's a bitch. Or I don't think she knows what she's doing. Okay, so you're, they, but they you're only arrogant and a bitch up. when you're getting your job done. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if she was just sitting around doing nothing, then she's a great person. She does all this stuff. But no, I'm only arrogant when you don't like what's happening. Yeah. But that's not how it works. I'm here to do a job and get the job done and then move on to the next thing. But she came into that position being backstage. Like her coming and remember when she came in there, the people in her office, she had to fire most of them yep. because they were openly promoting the last person mm -hmm. while after he lost. Like yep. it was is a is a travesty. Like at that point you lost, find another job or mm -hmm. finish this one out. But she came into we'll that. get on board, period. right. Mm -hmm. Right. She came, and that's that's what you would have to do. I remember many of them were trying to sue her and did sue her for a wrongful termination. Mm -hmm. and, and, you in, and you in, in the state's attorney's office and don't realize this is an at-will state. So she don't even have to tell you why she fired her. Right, especially when you're working for the government. <laughs> right. And you don't even know one of the basic laws that you're now going against right now. But, but I think they knew it. They knew it. They knew they were going to lose, they but they wanted, wanted to, to give it a try. Her. Right. They, they just wanted to embarrass her. And mm -hmm. they've been doing that. They've been trying every which way, but her T's were always crossed. And I think the only thing that she they could have said, which isn't on the side of the government, it was more so like with her mortgage company, that she asked for help during the pandemic. Mm. She probably was trying to get rid of money and that's why she bought the house or make money. One or the other. Money. Right. Why else was she? Because I know, I think she bought two houses and they say one of the houses was for her family. And they were trying to make that seem like it was such against the law. Like how many other people have bought a house for their family? And then the other house was their vacation home, a, a, uh, AKA Airbnb. Money maker. <laughs> I think I think she was smart because prices were lower and she took advantage of it. She had a couple extra dollars. Who's I mean, I just can't. So I wanted to I'm gonna get off for the uh, I'm gonna wait until May 12, the following week and we can talk about it. Um oh shit. Did I just close it all out? Um I can't see with these fucking I'm trying to look at the screen with these fucking sunglasses on. Um, <laughs> the mayor made a statement in the Baltimore Sun. He said, I want each and every young person involved in the squeegee work to know that I do not, that I do understand why you are out there, but I am proof that you don't have to be out there. I, I, I was very lost. I understand what he was trying to say, but I think saying that makes the problem worse. Because it says to people, well, see, you don't have to be out there. You can go do something with your life. You know, I, I remember they were they were trying something when um, your girl was in office, where they were uh, putting them, I think they were finding them jobs at the, the car washes. And they were supposed to be a, a separate program to give them some workforce development. And I don't hear about that at all anymore. And I think it was just a pilot program and they only selected a few young people and didn't proceed with it. Like it didn't go on. 
Um, oh no, I know what happened. If uh, it ran out of funding, it ran out of funding. The program ran out of funding. I just read something about that the other day that they ran out of money. And that's that's just unfortunate because how do I make this bigger over there? Yeah, it. And that was such a big push, but then you wonder why them boys still out there. Like, is car washes are seasonal? They shut them down certain mm-hmm. times of the year. So what are they supposed to do? In and they don't have to because car washes, everybody still gets their car wash even in the winter. But the, a lot of them are the self-washers. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ones with all the people working there, they close down certain parts of the year. I know the one there be on Howard Street, that, that closes down certain times of the year. And then it reopens. Are you talking about Canton Car Wash? Yeah, that big one right on Howard Street. So what are people supposed to do when... You know, things closed down. I'm sure some of them were working at some of them and they probably laid them off in the times they were so. So, what are people supposed to do? I, I really think, you know, I think he could have took that opportunity to, you know, extend his arm to them and, and welcome them in. They have a whole employment department in the city hall. So, why not bring them down there? Like, go scoop them up, bring them down there, get them some suits, give them some workforce development. You can get they go. I know they got grant programs that where the city doesn't have to necessarily pay out of their pockets. There are plenty, but a lot of those workforce developers, the stop one centers, they're not. All they are is providing you with a um a computer to search for a job. Mm. There's some programs in them, but that's that's really what they are. They 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 are a uh, 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 empty library system. You might just go to the library and look for a job. But um, I, I don't know what you do. You said I haven't heard anything more about the shooting. Um, I don't think they found the young man yet. Yes, they have. They have. Mm-hmm. He's been arrested and charged as an adult mm. for defending himself. Mm-hmm. This is and you know who representing them? Who? Think. Who? The top black attorney in Baltimore. Marilyn Mosley? No, she's a prosecutor, so no. That's what I'm saying. Who, who's the top? Uh, man, a man. A man? Lawyer? There's only one top black uh, a defense attorney in Baltimore. I don't know who that is. I don't <laughs> get in trouble. What the fuck I need a defense attorney for? I'm his name. Um, his name is, I'm drawing a blank real quick. Shoot. He don't even know his damn name. I do you? know oh. him. I actually know him very well. I, 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 I grew up with his wife. Green, Greenberg and Betterman? Well, I don't, no. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's the lawyer. His name is slipping my mind. Oh, my God. William. That's the only person I know. Um, A black man? Yes. Um, I don't know. Shoot. William. Uh, Will. Why do I keep saying? It's going to come to me. Oh, here you go. Um. Warren Brown. Damn, that was really Warren difficult. Brown? Warren Brown. I gotta see his face. I know the name, but I gotta see his face again. He, no. he was Freddie Gray's attorney. Yeah, but I gotta see his face, though. I know the name, but I just gotta see his face. Because he got, like, a bald head. Mm-mm. No, he got hair. Well, that's not him, man. I know the name. Yeah, no, he was charged with first-degree murder as an adult. Oh, I see him, yeah. 
With the gray, um, he got the gray beard. Yeah. Yeah, salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Lord Johnny Copper. I just, I haven't seen anything. Has have you seen anything with the family? No, but uh, one one of the problems that I'm having this week, and I was I, so funny because I was just talking to Sharon about it. One of the problems that I'm having with with this whole entire situation is the commentary. Mm -hmm. and how um, but I wish people though. just see how their commentary differs when it comes to um, the assailant being black and the uh, supposed victim being white and then how, how that changes when it's vice versa. So how, how do we determine who the victim was? No, I'm just saying that, that's why I say quote-unquote victim. Because no, they're, no, they're but that's my him. question. They're so how treating they him as the victim. They're treating Tim Reynolds mm -hmm. as the victim in this and situation. The and it wasn't and that it wasn't self-defense. That's why he's being charged with first degree murder and as an adult, right? So, so Warren Brown is offering is trying to get this back reduced down that back down to juvenile court. That's what his um purpose is right now. So him getting out the car with a bat wasn't I mean, I understand if the gun wasn't registered, so that's illegal. That's what we're going to charge them with. Yeah, but so this is what they said. They said, I do believe that the shooters on uh, shooter honestly and reasonably believed that he was in imminent or immediate danger of death or serious bodily injury. But, however... Um, and then it says... Um, okay, so Warren Brown says, the boy is a small child, has no history with... Uh, the criminal justice system was in school, not a troublemaker. He was just out there trying to make some honest money. On a good day, he made $200. On a bad day, he made 90 mm, What the fuck? I mean, it's kind of lucrative to be a squeegee boy. <laughs> right. So this is what he, he goes on to say. You can't get a bat and beat somebody down because they squirted water on your windshield. Which, when you take this down to the minuscule level, that is exactly what this is about you not wanting a service but being being forced upon you but mm -hmm. then you got to go back to the relative fact that this is is just windex and water in in most mm -hmm. situations that you are so angry about yeah and do you feel some kind of stupidity when you find out that they white do because they get the, i see the frustration in their faces when they actually put their arms to work trying to help you out and clean your windshield off and then you don't give them anything i mean that would be disparaging i mean that could kind of make you feel like oh oh all right but that's but, the but problem, i understand and then i understand it from a driver's perspective too i don't have any money so i can't give it to you so don't do the work <laughs> yeah but that but if you drive up with animosity about because you see them standing out there as you're pulling up to a light but many people or being fearful or, or having that fearful or fearfulness right. already in your heart that these people are going to come up to you and act like they're going to assault you when that's not their intent. You know exactly what their intent, right. their intent is. And that's that's and even though there are other problems with this situation, that's my biggest problem, because this would not be as much of an issue if, you know, like panhandling. I don't hear anybody talking about that as much anymore. Mm hmm. Because they weren't as aggressive as, and I'm not, I'm not going to use the word aggressive. I'm going to use the word persistent. The squeegee boys, a lot of them can be very persistent. And it, it forces you to be like, hey, just take this dollar. I don't have nothing. Don't do the window. 
but you you driving up to them with animosity in your heart. Like you're mad at them before you even get to the intersection or pull up to the light or stop at the light. You, you already mad. So that then dictates how you respond to them. Calling them out their name, yelling at them. They, some of them are teenagers, but still, yeah, and still, you wouldn't want nobody to talk to your child that way. And that's the problem that I, I've seen from people. And even the comments, there's so much venom in them. Like you can tell, like, Miss, you came there with that attitude. That, that young person didn't give you that attitude. You came there with that attitude. And then you expected for the public to jump on board. And every one of the, my friends, I called them out on their post when they made posts about this. You know, because it's, it's ugly because we act like we don't know what it is to be a young person and want a couple of dollars and not, not be able to get it the way we want to get it. Like most people in this city that's from the city know what that feels like. That's why they have a youth works. You know, that's why they have after school programs that, you know, benefit you in some way. But people come there and throw those intersections with an attitude. And I just think it's sloppy. I think it's, it's, it's just out of control. I'm, I don't know how else to, um, it's just every aspect of this city is pissing me off. And speaking of pissing me off and Sharon, <laughs> me and Sharon went, we went on a little adventure the other day. Um, and this is why I don't catch buses. I'm not a fan of them. I'll walk before I have to catch a bus. Um, we're we're trying to we decide to get on the light rail and go out to hunt bass. Well, a tree fell down like after Fallsway. So after Fallsway, I think a tree had fallen down because of the storm. Now that I didn't see anything reported on it. They wasn't making announcements when you were standing at the light rail station. So the train just stops at Fallsway. We then have to wait on a shuttle bus to take us out Huntville. I know we had to have waited outside maybe 35, 45 minutes just for the bus to get there. It felt like another 45 minutes just to get out there. And I don't even know why I went along with this. I don't, I think me and Sharon just needed to get out the house that day and we just did it. We coming back. So thankfully the shuttle was sitting out there for us. There are no new announcements. The bus man is sitting out there on the cell phone talking to somebody, whoever. We get back to Fallsway on the bus and it feels like it took another 45 minutes to get back to Fallsway Light Rail Station. Um, only for the light rail to have started running up again. So we could have put the light rail from where we were back to where we were going. No communication. Actually, when we got out there, when we the, the light rail stopped us at, initially when we were on our way out on Valley, the, the super, maybe four supervisor cars pulled up. Nobody got out until the fifth one came and she came out there with some half-ass excuse. But all this to say, the light rail has been shutting down and improving and being repaired and the communication, the flow of it, you would think that the MTA just started last month every time something like this happened, because they don't have a handle on how to troubleshoot. They don't communicate with the customers. 
Um, and the fares have gone up again. And I don't even remember what the, what the fare, I'm gonna look on my app and see what the fares are, but the fares have gone up yet again. I think a one-way ticket is now, what's that, oh, that's one way. I think it is buy tickets, plus one link, full fare. One way is now $2. So it's going up 10 cents. A day pass is $4.60. Um, the seven day pass is $22. I think that went up a dollar. The, the 31 day pass, the monthly pass is going up $77. So it, what's the flex repack? What the hell is that? Oh, so you get three for $11. So the, the prices for the fares have gone up, but the service is still piss poor. That's why I do not, I want, my legs will always be, as chunky as I'll be, my legs will always be strong because I refuse to get on buses. They just piss poor. Like they're really, how do you raise money in the middle? Like, is that a gas? It's, so I'm guessing that's because of gas. Another thing has gone up because of gas. So if that's it, okay, I get it. But will it go down once the gas subside though? That's that's my my issue. So you've raised something that's because gas, you know, uh I've never seen their prices go down. It's only been going up for, they go for up. day pass, right? For a day pass to be four dollars and sixty cent now, and then we still not as much as say like L.A. or New York, but this is it's outrageous that the fare is that much. It's to prep up to four dollars and sixty cent. I would never. Never, 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 never. But um, that's just where I'm at. It's just a lot of stuff that's frustrating me about government, politics, um, the educational system. Um, and it's just unfortunate because they're still closing schools down. That, and I understand a lot of schools need repair. Um, and some of it is beyond repair. But just like they're fixing some of the schools up. I don't I don't think that necessarily closing schools down is the answer. The school that I'm at, I'm actually at Stuart Hill Academy, is in Southwest Baltimore. Um, what's that? Um, I don't even remember the name of the street that it's on. Um, but the school is big enough for them to have repaired one side of the school took all those students that they have to that side, repaired that side, and brought in another school. It, it is that big of a school that they can actually close down. What They already are doing it. One side of the school is not even operable. So I, I would really think that they could close down that side of the school and make the necessary repairs while, you know, school is still in session. You know, doing the things maybe at night or on the weekends or whatever. To, to keep children, and I hate when I see young people, when I'm on my way to work or, and I see these young people getting all, on and off of buses, and they be young babies, and you'll see their older sibling with them, 
early in the morning to go across town to go to school because there's no schools in their neighborhood that they can go to. It's a real uh, eye opener. And going, keeping with the theme of schools, I, I was saying um, earlier, realize that your children are more comfortable talking to staff and faculty members than they are to you. Some of the things that the young people in my program this summer are revealing to me and the other teacher, it is crazy. And it's, it's and you know, I try to be an open person because you have individuals at the school who are going through things like that. And often they can't talk to the parent because sometimes the parent is a problem. So they need somebody to go to. That's why that don't say gay bill that is in Florida is such a harmful thing because in most cases, students come out to a coach or um, you know one of those auxiliary members or and teachers are typically last on that list, but they normally come out to somebody in their school building, a, a social worker. Uh, uh, I don't know if schools have, the higher schools have guidance counselors anymore, but like the guidance counselors, those are the people who they normally come out the most to. Um, and I know I've had a, quite a few students in my classes come out because they were getting a certain amount of treatment at home and it would just come out when they were in school that, you know, I think I am gay or I think I'm bi or I think I want to be a girl. And those things come out to the faculty members. And I, and I remember in the beginning not knowing how to handle it, but you have to accept that responsibility if that's the line of work that you're in because often they have no other people to go to. Normally the family unit is the issue for them or the, the friction for them or the reason that they don't have anybody to come out to. Um, so I don't, I don't know what parents will have. I don't like speaking at parents because they get, one, they get very offensive, but I don't know how to better say to a parent, you need to have better conversations with your child you need to figure out a way for your child to feel that you're an open person, a trusting person, and you're not going to necessarily get mad at them or judge them for being who they are. Um, and not just on the gay side, but just, you know, students talk about committing suicide because they're being bullied or they're having trouble at home, students not being able to eat at home. They may have an addict parent or absentee parent that works a lot. Um, and then the other parent works a lot. Um, and there are a lot of single parent families, but something needs to happen where these children have a safe space. And like we were saying, they really need to bring and evolve what the civics class is um, to teach lessons, but everything can't be on the backs of the schools. And we've had this conversation before on here. We can't keep putting all those stresses on the school system. One, because you're, the teachers are already, as one, already overtaxed in terms of the things that we have to do. Because even since this pandemic, you have a greater majority of the students who are not on that correct reading, writing, or math levels. They still don't know how to, they get to the fifth grade and still don't know how to write complete sentences or spell adequately enough for their grade or don't know how to do the math. And they are being passed on and it's not a rule, but it's an unspoken rule that you have to pass them on. 
you know, and many of them don't have the grades to be able to um, go on. So the hope is that they just don't come back that year. Well, you can get them to whatever the last grade of that school is and just pass them on to the next school and give them a problem. But I think parents really need to focus on um, just building up their children. And I know sometimes it's hard, in a lot of cases it's probably hard because the parents don't have the tools to do that for themselves. So how can I then give that to the child? And not every parent is a crackhead or alcoholic or absent. You know, I know a lot of parents who just work a lot. One of my students' parents worked out of the country. So when she came back, she always made a visit to the school, but she always, she kept her phone. And if you called her, she could have been in Saudi Arabia. This lady figured out a way to answer her phone. I don't care what time of day it was, wherever she was. She traveled a lot for work, but she always maintained communication. And if she didn't answer that moment, she was going to get back to you. That's somebody who often is on the other side of the globe and made a way. We have parents that are in the same block as the school and don't have that level of communication or may live a block from the school and still don't have that level of communication. Um, the other side of things, there are a lot of students, especially we, that their learning disability was revealed during the pandemic in terms of them coming back. So a, a student that is, you know, if the whole class is a little slow in terms of getting things, a student can hide behind that, but the pandemic revealed a lot. So a lot of students need IEPs and they are independent educational plans, meaning my child may need a one-on-one -on -one or my child needs for you to, after you've given the, all the directions to the whole class, my child's IEP is that you need to go to that child individually and help them get the, the, the lesson. They didn't get it the same way. Some people have uh, medical IEPs, meaning um, part of the structure of that class. If, if I say I have to use the bathroom, I may have an incontinence problem. So I have to use the bathroom. I'm not just playing. I made this very well piss on myself. And there are students all the way up through high school that have that problem. So every child doesn't have a behavioral IEP or an educational IEP. They may have a medical IEP as well. And it's been hard for the school system to, to care, to invest in many of these children because they don't have perfect attendance. If your child is missing multiple days every week, they're not going to invest their money into getting them wraparound services. Every student is, is qualified for it, but the thing that will quickly disqualify them is if they miss too many days out of school. One day, a month, or here and there, you know, because, you know, for whatever reason they were sick, but if your child is missing, and we have children that are missing several days throughout the week, but they just don't show up, and they'll come back two weeks later with no notes, no, this is what was happening. A lot of people were using the excuse of COVID and you didn't have to prove by getting a test that you had COVID. So a lot of, a lot of students were just staying home and chilling. And we learned that because many of them were communicating still with the students that went in class who would then snitch on them. Um, but one of the biggest things is that I think that we have to stop putting so many tasks on the school system. 
I think a lot of those classes can be restructured. So you are getting financial literacy. You are getting entrepreneurship. But a lot of these schools have after-school programs or enrichment programs, you know, in them. So though the problem is they may be getting a, a, a watered-down version of what is necessary, but they go home for the weekend and it's gone. You know, it's, it's gone. I'm looking at the attention span of some of the students that I have. And mind you, these students are in youth works. So they are getting paid to learn to be an entrepreneur and a, a jewelry designer. And they're on their phones. They're, the parents are calling them throughout the class, coming to get them early. But it's going to come out when they get their first paycheck. And them hours are shorter than they expected. And that pay is a little bit less than what they had calculated in their mind plan. So I, I think a lot of it is just community and family coming together to reinstate a lot of the things that they are learning in the school. Because there are more art, enrichment, STEM, STEAM programs than ever before. So your children is getting it somehow, but they have to also get it at home. If they only get to go to the science center or the aquarium or to a farm in school and they don't have any like connection at home, those things don't mean anything to them in school. So we really have to figure out ways of how to balance that education throughout the day and when they get home to follow up on it. But children aren't bringing back homework assignments. They're not doing homework assignments. They don't understand it. They can't read it. They can't comprehend it. So. It's just a lot. Um, would you put your children in the, the city school system? As soon as I start working on something, you got. Well, I, you asked me who my guest was, and I say, yeah. I know you did. I'm here. I would. <laughs> um, I would, but um. I feel as though I would be a different kind of parent, though, because what I find that happens a lot is parents typically are very engaged when their children are young, and slowly as they become closer and closer to adulthood, they tend to tune out. Or if they're in sports, they typically ignore the whole school day, but you'll see them there at their practice. And that that's, too, that's, that too, that's but that's still engagement. I'm sorry, I'm talking about where, say, for instance, you went from elementary school to middle school, that mm -hmm. and been getting it, that 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 adventurous side of things when when you're freshly new and a student, you come home all cheery and to want to talk about your day. That starts to happen, and mm -hmm. then seventh grade comes, parents may start to fall back. Eighth grade fall back more. Ninth grade, entering into high school, some of that cheerfulness comes back because now you've moved on to another. But you don't, the effort is meaning I would be a different kind of parent because I think I would want to be more involved in, did you bring your homework home? How's your classes going? What's going mm -hmm. on? Do you like this school? Is there something wrong? Are you being bullied? Are you, you know, are you happy with your environment? Like those kind of things because I've witnessed when things are not good for children and then when they are mm -hmm. and how they love and then when people fall in love with education like i was in love with education but did my mother check my homework hell no yeah. 
And would that have would I be right here right now if I had better encouragement? I don't know. I think maybe I would be somewhere else. Maybe I would be on CNN or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's. And and what you're saying is correct. As a teacher, when they're in pre-K and kindergarten, you see them more. But the moment they're able to walk home, and sometimes a lot of them are walking home before I think it's safe for them. You know, I think you should be walking home by yourself or going home alone until middle school. But you see people in third, fourth, fifth, sometimes second and first walking home by themselves. Mm-hmm. And as the child gets each year, you see that parent less and less. It starts to dwindle away, the the parental involvement. Because one thing that I know for myself that I would never do that was, it wasn't done to me, but it could have happened to me, is Mm -hmm. that that syndrome, because I call it, it's a sickness, and it spread like wildfire. That syndrome where parents only think they're only supposed to parent up until the age of 18. Or parent up as far as education when they are in school, their parents will now like my parents and stops once you get in that school building. And that's not true. That's not true. Me and my sister was just having this conversation. You're no, you have the responsibility to create a well-formed adult. At 18, you have not created a well-formed adult because no. they have not had the process of higher education, which you need. It's almost a requirement to be in a better field other than a fast food employee. I said a, a lot of people have been so like I remember we went to that um I think she was running for Senate or a city councilman or something and she was telling she was she was saying to send your children to these vocational schools, which are fine. And I think there are great ways for your children to make money while they're at a, a higher learning educational space. Mm-hmm. Like at least and everybody says it's not for everybody, but you have to at least try it. I agree, and it's not for everybody. But right. could have could it have been for you if you had a better educational background system? We and only some, say it's not people, for everybody when those kids that are right. in that environment are not being trained properly to become a higher education student. You have to be. It, it it says something about first kindergarten, pre K, all the way to high school. 12th mm-hmm. grade that is your training to become a college student that is your yeah. training you are learning to read write arithmetic and to garner the ability to go to college so if you don't feel like it's for you you've been failed yeah and you've been failed by parents teachers community alike anybody that, that was just a support system that you. didn't prepare you for college because you should have been prepared one thing that i always say too with that that is multifaceted with that is that higher education shouldn't cost you if your a primary education didn't cost you why are you paying to be highly educated if i'm already being trained in this process that was free at first and then just because I want to go to a higher level you know I'm going to charge me that makes no sense to me why isn't it you know the g- degree system it's just the d- degree system period pre-k through finishing yeah the completion why would you start charging at the point of higher edu- of higher education being college that makes no sense well, that's to me. where that's where you know socialism comes in where they begin to separate people 
based on their economic status or their projected Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But they prepared you for it. Every single level of your schooling, you went to a different school. They mm-hmm. prepared you for it. Your elementary school, then you go to a middle school, then you go to a high school, then you should be going on to college. It should be in the cycle. It shouldn't be a new thing to go to college. But it's, 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 we have to understand that people have, especially for Black men, made it a, made it a thing where you need to go find a job. You know, right. and, and finding a job, it takes you 10 times as long to get to your goal than if you would have went. And I'm not, I'm a person who I felt like what I went to college for, I could have just done that outside of going to college. Mm-hmm. But I still needed the networking. I still needed the foundation because I went to predominantly white schools. So I'm a black artist. So I needed to have learned what it was to be a black artist. So that's why I went to a black school at HBCU. Mm-hmm. But that those are the things that they don't tell you. Most of the people who quote unquote college isn't for, they get a better system and a better experience out of college because they do all of the services that the school But offers. I hate that saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I hate that saying when somebody says college just wasn't for you or something like that. You know, that just means that you, it wasn't that it wasn't for you. You don't right. want to do it. Right. It's not that it wasn't for you because anything can be for you yeah. if you're interested. You yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. Admit that. Right. Don't say it wasn't for you because college didn't say you weren't for me. College yeah. can't tell you that. College and there's some people, that there's some people who... because you could be in a you could be a plumber at a trade school, but you also could be a plumber in college. Yeah. Because college didn't tell you you wasn't for my you. Sister... My sister wanted to become a nurse and she went through one of the programs to become a nurse. And I said, that's great. So now you have a, you can get a job being a nurse while you go to college to become an RN. You should not let that process stop. And that's the funny part about it. And they don't even really know that you could be a nurse in two years. Yeah. Two. Yeah. A registered nurse in two years. And then you can get your BS in in four. Yeah. Yeah. So two years to get your associate degree in nursing and then another two years to get your BS in. And now you're a registered nurse with a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And there are plenty and of if ways. if you would have known that all these people that's going to these CNA programs, these medical assistance programs, and all of that time that's being wasted on not being a nurse. Well, but not even, but see, even some of them, eventually they learn, like, no, that's what I'm saying. That's usually the path it takes. They become a right. MA, uh, um, uh, a CMA to a CNA the, to yeah to a nurse, and you have to work. I think that's a smart way of doing it because it guarantees you a job. Because often some of these medical places will pay for you to go to school exactly. if you work for them for a certain amount of years. Oh yeah, so that's my best friend. My them. best friend is a staple for that example. That's why I brought yeah. it up. Yeah, everybody so wants to go into these nursing fields, but they don't know the proper route. You know the proper route, and then you wait, and then you look at yourself twenty years later. You finally became a nurse. Yeah, and that's you know, and but, that, but and who do you blame that on? That's the point I was making. Who do you blame that on? That's something that you could have been focusing on if your parents yeah. were in the picture doing the right thing at the same time and not living for that that one number eighteen. But, but again, if they didn't do it, how who? How would you like? I right, but I'm talking. I'm talking about changing the mindset of that one number, eighteen. Right. Stop living on the fact that your child is now becoming a adult. To get them to be eighteen, yeah. To get them to be eighteen, so you can cut ties. Yeah. 
Because basically, yeah. that's what you're expe expelling to them. I don't have to pay for you no more because you're grown. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's in factuality, you have the responsibility of taking care of their child till they're 26. And you, you've actually damaged them by getting them to 18 and they're at that stage. And then cutting them off and because it's, then you're creating the environment for this to repeat with their right. own children. And there's some students that just learn different and they don't get it as fast as other students. And I'm, I feel for them. And that's what those wraparound, like the, the Baltimore City School or the City School System, rather, they have a lot of services. And most school districts have those same services. But because you are, the child may not be coming to school or the parent don't know what to ask for or, you know, they don't have an advocate on their side. They don't know that they can get those like reading and writing, coaching and stuff like that. But it it, it does, um, it affects me. And you've heard me go off on plenty of people who feel like college isn't for everybody. And typically people who say that is they come from families that education wasn't a priority or they've gone to college and pissed away their time drinking, mm -hmm. fucking, and having fun. And those are the people who normally say, I'm, you know, it's a scam. It's not a scam. You didn't know what you wanted to be. So you wasted money and you wasted time. Now, every single class that you have money. in college, you can actually get something out of and, and actually implement into your regular day life if you were paying attention. And I have, and I have friends who went to college. They may not have finished and 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 they got more out of the programs of college like i have a lot of friends who are really good event managers now they promoters because they did like the booster club or like the those types of clubs the events they put on the concerts they worked in those offices mm. and they the entertainment office at the school and uh or the students, I, I have a couple of friends that, that are in politics because they went through the college system and became president or Mr. Coppin or Ms. Coppin. And they're right. doing political things now with their life. And it's, I mean, it's across the gambit. Of, you know of what I'm finding that um, is not being asked anymore? What? Um, especially probably in high school, town, like t you know, in that age group of high school kids. Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to be? Well, they, they give them a test now. That's a test that they take. And I believe, I know I took the test in high school. Um, but I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not even saying, you know, just school. Mm -hmm. Even from a parental level. What do you want to be? Yeah. What is because your passion? Focus, because I think that would expand on, on a lot of people trying to figure out what if they are going to college. Because, you know, most of the time they wait, they wait till they get out of high school and then they're forced to find out what they're going to do. And then you're and forced times, into a trade program that's going to burn you out, uh -huh. like truck driving. Like, wow. Right. <laughs> but, that, but see, I, I, I had a unique situation where I went through, matriculated through uh, private school my whole life. And I ended up at, after school, high school I wound up going to job corps because I didn't, there was no plan, there's nobody planned or strategized for me. Nobody was advocating, nobody asked me what I wanted to be. And I ended that's, up- And that's my point. No one asked that question about what yeah. do you want to be? Like, yeah. what? You, so we can put you on the track in high school to become- And I that. was, and I was in every program and I was just that kid that just slipped through the cracks with people. I ended up in job for with a high school diploma and smart. 
And I literally stayed there for three months. Most people stay in job pool for over a year. And I only stayed in three months because they were so slow and unorganized with their system. I got a nursing certificate, went to try to find a job as a nurse to one of those centers that help you find a job. And they wind up looking at the fact that I had a high school diploma, that I didn't have a record or anything. I had a nursing certificate and a man gave me the option. Do you want me to help you get me a job? I can send you to, it was a nursing home on Frankfurt over on Macedonia. Mm-hmm. He said, I can, I know somebody that will hire you today or you can go to college. And I was like, I really don't want to wipe asses for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I was like, I, nobody, I knew people in my family that went to college, but it wasn't a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to try to go to college. And, and I had no idea I, I would be doing what I'm doing today. Right. right. Because mm-hmm. my intention on being on on even learning accounting was yep. to be able to manage and take care of my own business as a cosmetologist. Right. Right. Not to be an accountant. And mm-hmm. I ended up becoming an accountant and doing this. But you can take that far away from being a cosmetologist because yep. that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to open my own salon and I wanted to run it wholeheartedly and offer people jobs. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to do. And in the turn, here I am, a producer. Doing the same thing, though. A producer, though. Mm-hmm. Totally out of out of my field. And that's but that's what college does. College introduces you to other possibilities. When I went to college, I realized every class or organization I was a part of up and through high school. I could actually do that for a living. And they, they, they not telling, when I'm going to these schools and I'm teaching these children jewelry, they like, oh, that's cute, but how do you make money? And I was like, well, come to my studio and you'll see how I make money. And it's, it's, I don't, I'm not saying my way was the easy way, but I had plenty of friends who went to school and tried to become an accountant or try to do something that where the money was, and now at 30 some years old, they're coming to ask me, how do I fill out a grant? I want to open up my own art studio. I want to open up my own theater. And it's, I'm not judging them, but I'm saying college for me was, it opened me up to possibilities, even outside of the classroom time. The networking that you find there, some people, they have strong, some of their best relationships are their college friends. And that's how they get jobs or they join fraternities or sororities or, you know, academic programs. And they become something that they never thought they could be. One of my friends, she never, she went, she, she went through the CNA and she just graduated with her doctorate as a nurse. So like she wouldn't even have thought that that would, would have been her path in life. But she started working. It was something that she loved to do. And now she's at the top of her field being offered an educational job where she's not even in a hospital anymore. She's teaching other people to do the things that she did. But I just, you know, I, I think it is, it's a shared responsibility. I don't even put it all on the, the teachers because if you have a school system, you, it should be equipping students to be well-rounded people, not just employees. And I definitely hate the fact that, like you said, they don't ask children what they want to be anymore. They more so try to figure out what job they can get. Like, I got to get you into Popeye's. You will get yourself a summer job just so you can pay for these uniforms next year versus, 
you know, finding sustainable, you know, opportunities for them to grow because that then becomes your investment. And if if your child does well in life, they will take care of you at the end of yours. But a lot of parents, they're still sacrificing, but they're sacrificing in the wrong way. So now their child is joining them in a work the, the workforce versus or, putting your child ahead. you already created the possibility or started the path to the possibility of generational wealth. Because if that would have happened for your parents, they would have already established themselves as somebody right. that could, could afford college. But for you know you. what? But you and see, then the you can do the same thing and establish your own path and your affordability right. before college for your children. And now you've sustained yourself to the point where now you don't have to rely on programs and financial aid and all of these different things to get your life to where you want it to be. Because you, you would have started off in the right place in the now, first place. There's an interesting way that's happening now. There are a lot more people that are doing that. Like this pandemic brought about people having these halls and catering companies and boutiques. And it's, it's in a market that we're in right now. No, even what I'm doing is scary because I'm not seen as essential. But there are still opportunities for people to create stuff from the ground up and be able to have. I know a lot of people who have bought halls or bought spaces and turned them into event halls and their children are working at the space. You know, so they're creating opportunities for their children, but you never know. You know, you don't have to be a drug dealer anymore to create those types of spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was one of the most positive things that came out of the pandemic. People really decided to do the stuff that they always wanted to do. And whether it be just owning a business, a lot of them don't know what they're doing, but that's the best way to learn sometimes for some people the hard way. But I, I really think. You know, right, but then, you, got, you just made a great do. point there because a lot of people have started their own businesses but don't have the business acumen to get things done and really just fall short on what they're right. trying to do. And then, it then, and then, but wait, they typically wait till the process has almost failed before they then ask for help. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times when you do that at the end of when you ran out of money, no one's willing to help. Because then you'd already proven that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, that's I mean, a lot of businesses, business, Ford, and all those businesses had beginnings like that. But culturally, within our culture, we have not, across the board, set ourselves up to where we're willing to support people as they're building. You know, right. we watch people take their all their money and they get this windfall, they win a lottery, uh, insurance policy and they start this business and we watch them fail and then it's like didn't you have a business yeah i tried that restaurant it didn't work and now they're back working somewhere and i, I just because they don't know. and a lot of that comes from not wanting to share a lot of that comes from not wanting to share they mm -hmm. don't want to share the profits they want everything they, they want to be able to be their self-made person that did everything on their, their own and a lot of jobs a lot of places that you go into like that are bound to fail because yeah. You uh, you already are going to have to have somebody to help you, like your suppliers and all that kind of stuff. You're going to want mm -hmm. great deals and stuff like that. So you've already went into agreements that you already said, "I'm okay." Now you're assisting me. Now why don't you ask somebody else outside of that kind Your of partner. arrangement to help you? That way you don't have to take on all of the liability. Well, isn't that the pot falling the kettle? 
Oh, I, I would accept help. You know that. Yeah, but we, but we all like it's a trust thing that I know we have. Like you don't want nobody to take your idea, or you don't want nobody to take over. But they have no community because we don't communicate effectively with each other, and we don't get stuff in writing. It that, those are the types of problems that happen, and mm. I'm learning that I've made so many mistakes. You know, having a business and now opening up an actual space for my business, like and it's a it's a crazy space. And I'm realizing a lot of people don't know what they're doing and they're just doing, you know, the thing that gets them money the quickest. And that's a surefire way of, of losing your money and losing your business. But I, I think in terms of the children, setting them up in a way, and it, it, at some point, my mother used to always say, somebody has to sacrifice and nobody's willing to sacrifice. So now you and your child are working at the same company for the rest of your life. I have a lot of family members who was in social work, the social security building, or in the post office, and then their children joined, and then their children joined. And, and I remember, like, I wanted to go to the to BWI, and my family was like, no, we're not, no, because you're going to be retiring in 35 years, and you're going to be miserable. You will have a nice piece of change, but you're going to be 40, 50 years old, pissed. You just wasted all that time and all you got out of it was a buddy pass. So, but it's just, you know, I, I, I really feel like in taking this all the way back to these squeegee kids, somebody has to have some type of plan for them. Like it has to be some, put them to work on these, these sets, these movie sets or something. Put them in a movie or the wire is coming back. They need to hire all those boys to be actors and teach them the business. I have them shadow. Some of them is going to be a little sketchy because whatever. I'm, my, I'm, I'm steady talking and I'm, I'm muted. Sorry. I'm still in the headspace of trying to figure out um, one, what is the major issue about them? I know one of them is the safety factor that somebody might get hit. Mm-hmm. with a car yeah. um but besides that because I, I, from what i've seen they take they take precautions on not getting hit they wait for the light to turn red and then go out and then when the light turns green they proceed to move to the center center either the center aisle or onto the side of the road or they dart in between cars that makes me so nervous that part makes me nervous that's but those are the ones that are not trying to keep, keep with safe, safety right Mm-hmm. Because they're just trying to get to the to the money. They're trying to get the money. Right. Um, but outside of that, what is the real issue? Is it because the the drivers are scared? Well, it's a perception of these black boys. It's black, but but that's where I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Is it a color? Now we're back to color. Right. And you came into this predominantly that color city. Because I don't see them highlighting the white people that's out there. Uh, cleaning windows or the white panhandlers in this neighborhood, the white people that's out there with their little signs. Sharon, here, she said amen and she agrees. Um, Sharon, um, I was getting ready to start talking about that because I wanted to bring up the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it because you didn't actually say anything about it. Um, Ed Norris is talking. Mm, what did he have to so say? I had to, rem- I don't care, but I had to remind people that he was fired. Okay. Oh, he's a radio personality now. That's but he was fired and he was arrested and charged with stuff. 
as he was being fired. Okay. So I'm not taking advice from somebody that was a, a criminal or any kind of situation where you are fired from the job as the top cop. The actual because top cop. of the way you treated the citizens of said city. So he was touting in this interview that he did on Fox 45, he was touting that well, we had brought the murder rate down to 200 and, and, and all this other kind of stuff because of the policies I created. You forgot where you came from, sir. Well, he your policies were always afflicting officer. black folk. When you was well, he doesn't, he doesn't there, create you had policies. those problems. That wasn't his job to create policy. He was a police officer. Well, he was the commissioner, so it was his job to create the policies, but his policies was always racist in nature. But he worked with city council to create those things. It wasn't like that was his No, not job. necessarily, because he created the policies for the police department and right. how they, you know, you know, how they approached people, they which was the stop it, which is what he brought here to the city, which was originally stop motivated, stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he get, get, gets off that he was the best at doing that job because he was not. That's why you were fired. Remember, yeah. you were fired. That's well, why you're not there now. He was fired for corruption, right? Corruption and misconduct mm-hmm. while in office. Mm-hmm. So I, Fox 45 is good. Uh, it's not good. Not good. That's but wrong choice of word. Is is always shown to be biased. Yeah. And is that has never changed, even though it's Fox 45 in Baltimore, they still follow the same path as Fox 45, as Fox, period. It's Fox, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Every word that comes out their mouth, all I hear is, it, it may not be, I don't even know if it's intentional, but everything that happens on that channel is always racially motivated to me. Mm. To me, to me. Well, that's always the underlining. It's the under. It's factor. like the undercurrent. Yeah. Of everything that happens on that channel, that's why I, I just can't. Yeah. I, well. But he goes on. But he goes on to say he went on to say that he um, I was play the I wanted to play the video, but I I, I don't want to see him on here. Not on not on my station. <laughs> and um, he just went on to say like if it was me. They would have been pro- they would have been arrested. Well, it would have been doing what? So, I mean, like, are you serious? Like, you have no compassion for the fact that these children just survived the pandemic. Like, what is what is your issue? I mean, but he's a criminal, so that's what I'm saying, right? Like, like I'm not going to take your advice. Mm-mm. Save it, save problem, it for your man. radio show and your listeners. Your Trump supporters. But they used him like he was the character reference to this, to, to why crime is high. No. Crime yeah. didn't happen in a funnel, and it never will. Crime happens when people are disassociated. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's only going to get worse because homes are being outpriced. Where do people live? They don't want them out in the county. So where are people who go live? And then I referenced this. Because this 15-year-old had a gun, right? And as our society is edging more and more to every person having a gun, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to see more often. 
So would it have, would it have been different if the man pulled a gun on him? That's what I'm saying. Now it would have been a gunfight, right? Mm-hmm. He brought a bat to a gunfight. But this is what we're indoctrinating our people with today. Everybody go get your gun certification. Everybody go get your gun, um, your um, concealed carry permit. So you can, everybody's now going to have a gun. We're getting ready to see more of this. This is what's going to happen. That 15-year-old is not in a funnel because if it was a white kid with the gun, what would we be saying? Because that's what we see in images every time we talk about gun control or trying to get something to happen with this um, Second Amendment. Then we see all of these things, especially in the Trump um, classification, you'll see all of these kids at the gun shows. Yeah. Taking pictures holding guns with their parents. Oh, we get ready to go um shoot up the um all the animals and kill so we can feed ourselves that you don't never do. But taking it back to the voting space, what I hope is happening across the country now and the various elections that may be happening in other places and thereafter is this thing with Roe versus Wayne, this gun control legislation, because we're hearing white people speak out now. It's not just other cultures. These are white people speaking out against these things. So the one thing that I hope happens is they get a better sense of uh, who is for them and who's not against them. And is I think this one, unlike the last few that hinged on either black women or black men, black men for Trump, black women for Obama, I think this one's going to hinge on white women uh, and maybe LGBTQ individuals as well. As well. But I, I hope that people aren't still voting in their pockets because voting in your pockets only makes your pockets small. Because I, I, here's, I just wish we would change the way we make rules for a particular society. Others, right? yeah. Because mm-hmm. if abortion is so important and should be on and should be taken back to the states, right? Mm. I don't believe that's the, the thing that should happen either because now you what you're saying is because the all right, 700 wait a minute, this is 500, 600, 600 people in Congress can't get this done. We're going to send it mm. back to the states so a panel of maybe another 300 people can make the decision for the the masses. That's not so fair. That it's not of... right because you're talking about sending it back to the state. So you're talking about the state houses and representatives making decisions for the masses. How is that different than saying Congress should do it, right? Why not put it on the ballot and let this die with yeah. the major with, with whoever has the majority? If this mm-hmm. was on the ballot for everybody to vote on whether abortion is right or wrong, we could be done with this. Well, they're, they're not going to do that because they are. They're not going to do it. But we, the people, need to make them yeah. do it because they're mm-hmm. not making this decision out of the interest of the people. They're making right. it out of interest of their religion and how they feel about abortion. And that's not correct. Mm-hmm. It's or not correct. like in the and like with the gun situation, they're 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 running on the space of or doing things based off of the special interest groups paying them off. So it, I, it, it's understandable to me why we as a collective don't have any trust. I mean, it's gone on long enough. It's what? It's been almost 60 years. It's gone on long enough. Put it on the ballot and make the pe- let the people be definitive on it. Let us right. vote on it. We're voting anyway. 
But, but well, on the ballot. It ain't going to stop the other 50 questions. But that's what, added. like you just said, it's going to take us forcing that to happen because, like, they're trying to restrict uh, voter uh, registration right now or the effect of how people can vote or they taking away whole voting spaces for people. They're trying to limit what we can do. And that's why I get frustrated with people who say that my vote don't count. If they wouldn't be doing all this stuff, if it did not count, like they know how much weight it carries. That's why they when try you to say, sway and your then vote. Also, when you say your vote doesn't count, that's because you're not speaking loudly enough. So if you feel as though your vote ain't counting and all you did was vote, then you're not doing enough. Well, we know most of those people who say stuff like that don't even go out and vote. So that that's then becomes their issue. You're not even voting to see if your voice counts. You're just basing it off of the results of everybody else going out and voting. And especially when you're not following along with what you actually want. You're not even following, you're not even tracking the, the progress on what you even want. If you really wanted it, you would know every step of the way and found a way to get it done. Well, and most of them are looking at the national election for all the answers. Where the, that does the nothing. answers are that really does nothing for you locally. locally. Yeah. It does nothing for you locally. And that's the part We're that about what you need to have happen in your backyard. Right. That affects you the most. That keeps you from having uh, Mosby as a uh, as a, and that, that's another point of contention for me president. because they keep pointing at Biden to take care of crime. Huh? That's not even his department. Of it's the not his department at all. He has no control over how crime happens in in any of these states. When he, no. can, I mean, because the only thing he controls is the military, and the military can't act on American soil. Right. <laughs> It's, it's, it's just crazy because people really, you can tell, like, me taking civics class gave me a pretty good understanding of what everybody's job was. Uh, because I didn't practice it other than going out to vote once I became of age, it really did not, you know, a lot of it stuck, but every election I'm having to, you know, refresh myself. But I see a lot of people not even doing that. They're, if they do vote, they're voting off of emotion or whether they like somebody or not. I don't know Marilyn Mosley personally. I met the lady maybe three times. I don't know her, I don't know what her favorite food is. I don't know what her favorite color is. That's not my business. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care what she did with buying a home. How I I was able to see what she was doing yeah, outside of her job description. That has nothing to do with her prosecutorial rate. And stay out of her money. Stop watching her money though so hard. Right. Trying to your find business. something. But they're trying to find something to catch up on. To try to discredit her. But that's, we can't, we that's can't to try her, to discredit someone. Right. And if we you can see that. Based on her job. So let's go, let's go find some money that she messed up or something. Right. So if you can see that it's to discredit her, why would you even use that in your decision making on trying to prosecute or, or who she can prosecute? Right. Right. It's just, it's, it's very unfortunate. If she broke the law, yes, catch her. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with her job. That's her personal life. Nothing. If anything, I, I don't if see she influenced her decision making. If she influenced her money with her position, then yes, catch yeah. her for that. Yeah. But that's not what I've heard so far. What I've heard is that she used her money to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and whether she took it from, like I said, from her IRA, her retirement account, or whatever, whatever the case may be, that is a penalty through the IRS. 
that has nothing to do with these legal charges. I don't get these cases. And that's really her mortgage company, other than taxes. But what I'm saying is, if, if she got it from her 401k, her IRA, or whatever the case may be, those mm -hmm. are called penalties. She would have to pay the taxes on money she withdrew for those accounts. Why is this a criminal case? I have no idea. Well, what if, well, could, because they had financial issues before all this came out, what if she did borrow against it to be able to pay those things off and use some of the, she took out a little bit more to go buy these properties. That were right. but, and that's my point. Regardless of whatever happens, she's still an employee. She's still getting a paycheck. If she owes money, garnish her wages. What are we talking about here? We're trying to be petty. And this is an actual direct conflict on trying to bias, make somebody biased against their own nature. That's crazy. Trying to make her yeah. seem criminal for yeah. using her own money before she retires. <laughs> and the same thing, white it's still her money. Right, white families have been doing since the beginning of time. Borrowing against mortgages and insurance. That's all they do. It's That's how they her it, money. Regardless if she took right. it out before she turned 65 or not, it's still her money. If she wanted to borrow it or withdraw it, she still had that ability to do so. It's just that one means that she'll be penalized for it and taxed. And the other means that she'll bar she's borrowing it. It's a loan. And she has to pay it back. And none of that stuff had to be reported as in her job type. But this like, is the brew. We, now we're talking about the brew. This is the brew that does that. Brew, uh, that's one of the most biased people I've ever seen, ever. It's a brew, and it's another one. The sun. Of course, the sun, right. <laughs> the sun and, the, yeah, the brew. Like, they are notorious. They're biased. They're all, they, all they do is everything that is biased with them. They're biased. It's not supposed to be in journalism. Exactly. It's, it's, it's scary, because if you can't see that this is racism, you're crazy. I mean, just the com comments about her. She's arrogant. Not they never said she was stupid. She's mm -hmm. arrogant, and that matters, right? Matters like, kind of like the most, <laughs> right? But like but you said, stupid. she has to have that demeanor to be in that because she's over top of all the lawyers, basically in the city. Correct. She has to have that attitude. She's a black. She's a black young woman. Like she has to married to the idiot husband. Like, oh, hold on, let me press this button. I'm just saying because he gets away with his little smile and he gets to go out there and shake hands, and she's being called a bitch. Right. Like it's the dynamic. When I saw him sitting down, and and I'm gonna say the restaurant next phase on Lexington Street when I was going there to get my chicken wings. And I saw him sitting there with uh, Bernard Jack Young. Is that mm -hmm. I said his name right? They you was did. having a meeting when he was about to go up before he announced it. And I saw them two sitting in there having a meeting. And I swear, when I came in there, it was nobody else in there. When I came in there, they got up and left. I'm not saying it was because of me. But I was paying a lot of attention to them because I was trying to eavesdrop. Oh, no, they know. Oh, they know. They know. And we're I would have brought that shit right back. I think we need to call to some of them losing their jobs, Bernard Young. You know who I would? What happened to old boy? What's the little light skin with name that, be good, that got an office? 
I think he was in the clerk's office or something. Always wonder what happened to him. The Lord. Lord oh, you talking about um 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 Hassan? Yeah, Hassan. <laughs> Always wonder what happened to him. I don't know. He's not running for um Wills again, so. Is he still in the office though? Or was he clerk? Or did he win clerkship? He's not running again. I know that. Because I already picked it was um it was I think it was like four females for clerk this time. So I guess he letting it go. Because he won, he was clerk. He was the clerk of um Baltimore City. The file clerk. He was there for a couple years. But he saw wearing his suits and you'll speak to him and he'll be like, and just keep moving like he was precious cargo. Like you don't even have security, sir. You walking out here by yourself. Don't nobody know you. Don't nobody know you. <laughs> they might think you work for the post office. <laughs> you saw him wearing full suits now. First, it was just a blazer. All right, but now you got the whole like that. He He's a cool person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just. But he did, he did. He, he had a. I want to say I can say that too. He did. I like have a chip on his shoulder once he got the um the position. A chip. He had a whole new attitude. <laughs> couldn't tell him nothing. But I, you know, I I like when people run, but I think the people are running for the wrong reasons because the last election, all these people were trying to last. I think when Obama's last term, everybody was trying to run for the uh, office that gets the president elected. The electoral college because they figured out that that's that's a local election ticket. Mm-hmm. So all these people, my cousin tried to run for it. Like all these people were trying to run for that office because now they know that that's the that's the power seat in the local election. One of them, but you know the fact that people don't know these things or didn't know. A lot know a lot of people that did not know what the electoral college was. Did not understand that that's one of the most powerful things that you can vote for. Right. But they don't know. They don't know that. That's how. I, I can be honest. It. I didn't know about it until probably. No, I actually did know about it because I learned about it in um, citizenship class. But mm-hmm. it didn't dawn on me how powerful it was. Right. And how even the politicians really didn't know it. Uh, uh, too much about it. That's what's interesting about it. Even people that run for those particular representative offices and uh, the Senate offices, and they really didn't know the particulars of it too. Because remember, we were just having this argument about um, for the 2020 election on whether the Electoral College can change their way they vote after the, the citizens have voted. Right. I always was taught that they had to go with the majority. They have to go with the majority of what, who won in the state. Exactly. But that defeats what, and because I remember asking in civics class, so why is why are there multiple ones? Why is not just one or two of them? If they have to go with the majority. I, what's interesting is that why does it even matter? Because it should just be whoever voted majority. The majority rule. Right. That's like, a waste of like breaking it down by state doesn't guarantee anything just because of how many people live there. So you think adding up these numbers outweigh the means of the majority, which is kind yeah. of a sucky way to do things because it they're is. saying we that does make invalidate your vote. It kind of invalidates your vote. Yeah. 
if, uh, if you get out of 150 million people, if one person gets 80 million and you only get that other from yeah. 70 million, yeah. that means that president should win by popular demand, right? right. But right. the way the electoral college works is, is you get a certain amount of votes in each one of these states. If this, the vote is off, or or the count is in the majority favor of that other party, they win. Yeah. You won the popular vote, they won the electoral college. The electoral college overrules the popular vote. So that means that your vote didn't count, right? Yeah. Am I wrong in thinking that? That's, that but that's what, and that's many people's argument. That's most people's argument. That's why they feel that their vote doesn't count because how is it that I voted and we he won the popular vote but these bitches still get the vote? Like, what do they, they vote They still get for? the win. That don't make sense. And do they get to vote in the election themselves? <laughs> like, that's a, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find somebody to ask. Because I want to know, and if they, they try to cover it, and well, we give it, we do it this way because those certain some states don't have as many. It has a bigger population as what. Well, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, move out of that state. Start having more babies. I don't get it. It still doesn't matter though because it should not be about. So the number should be. It should. It, the number is is insignificant. Because if you got if you only got five people that live there and four people vote for this person and one, it doesn't matter that is four people. You just you out were out one. You we won. Mm-hmm. It, it, you didn't win. It doesn't like I don't even like the fact that they count the votes like they adding up. They either won Merlin or they didn't win Merlin. That's it. Right. I don't even think they should get numbers like they won it or they didn't win. Mm-hmm. Pass or fail. That's it. Because when you start adding numbers, that's when people start cheating, and you know, you when you make it about the numbers, rather, that's when cheating happens and Trump happens. Like, I don't, I don't think it should be about the number, it's and especially when you're trying to make it against party against party. Because when right. you're trying to talk about all these, I just want the party system just to go away in the first place, because it should be it's based confusing. on citizens. It should be based on citizens, believe, period. Like I mean, if you right want now, something and you get the majority of people that want that same thing, then that should be right. the rule. But I don't even I don't even believe in that because what is happening right now with the two, what's the two re- Democrats that's on the side of the Republicans? Like, I think they were already Republicans. But that's, you know what, this leads into um, another assessment that I had, right? And that's the assessment of who represents you. Again, my argument about this election is that we don't have, there, there is no visibility besides all these freaking postcards they keep sending to my house that I put in a recycling bin. Thank you, Baltimore City. Um, but it's the assessment like that the your representation, <laughs> it's, it's the, the thought that your representation is garnered on who represents your district. Yeah. But I've never seen them before. I've nope. never met them. I've never had the chance to engage them. They haven't nope. knocked on this door to tell me they were running again. Chris Van Hollen. Um, but but see, the interesting, so my neighborhood, the interesting thing about my neighborhood, these people live in that neighborhood. So you they see still don't them, have no visibility. But when you see them, like when you're in a market. So when I'm looking at the flyers, oh, I know this person. Other than the senators, I don't who nobody ever sees them other, you know, after what's his name passed away, 
you'll never see another Eliza senator Cumber. again. Right, you'll never see another senator again unless they're on TV. But, yeah, because I've I've uh, I've met Kwaisi. Um, he's a representative though. Um, but he's he's used to being. I met him twice. I want to say twice, maybe three times. But he but, has a better record of being engaging than a lot of these other people. Are. And he has a bigger people. platform too yeah. because of the NAACP. Right. But visibility means, I mean, I don't care if it was this. I I do believe that your representative should have actually seen or had a conversation with you at least once. I know it's a million people, but still, you should have actually been able. And I mean, when I say a conversation, I even count at a town hall meeting as a conversation, because if you had the chance to stand up and raise your hand and voice your concerns, then that's a conversation that you've had the opportunity to pass on to your representative. What we don't get here is. All we see is these polls, these these mystery polls that say that these people want this. Yeah. Yeah. How you know that has something to do with me if you've never met me? Stop representing yeah. me through polls, okay? Like, I I, never I've never taken a poll. poll. I've never right. taken a poll. I've no. never ever done one. No one's never asked me a question nor called me. Well, one did, but I had to call. I had to say, I can't take that poll because I'm a part of media. That's okay. what you're supposed to do. That's your job. I'm mm-hmm. not supposed to be influencing anything. And but that's not what's happening. Asked. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why I was asking, does the electoral college get to vote? separately no that's that but that was my point that was the argument trump was trying to make can he change can they change to sway you know change it any way they want to when they win the state you know they can give their votes to whoever they want to no you mm. can't because it's based on majority rules majority whoever won that state gets those votes so that person doesn't vote. get to vote i'm gonna i'm gonna look into it because I think there's only one is, or two states that actually have the power to divide how they give their candidates money. I mean, give their candidates their votes. And I think one of them is Vermont. If you and only they only got four. And I think when it, in this past election, they would like dividing it between three go to this person and one goes to this one, you know, because of how mm-hmm. they want. That's an interesting space to be in because uh, and that, it never dawned on me to even ask that question until we just start talking about it. Like the fact that do they vote? I understood that they had to not necessarily vote. They could not vote on party lines, mm-hmm. but they had to. I and my what I was told was they had to vote with the majority. But that makes no sense if they didn't have to vote. So if you're going with the majority, why are you then voting? Well, it's not even a vote. It's to certify mm-hmm. the, the the winnings. So you're talking about what happens in December after the election. They then come in and then certify. That state has to then certify that mm. all of those votes are going to this particular candidate. Okay. Okay. I mean, I understand why it's confusing for some people because I've been reading it's too much. It's still confusing, right? It's too much, especially when the, when most lay people are watching the election like, Okay, he got this many votes. Oh, we almost there. We almost made it. Not knowing that that may not be the case. He might right. win the popular vote, but he might not win that electoral college because of how the votes are divvied up. And that's, that's I remember my civics teacher saying, election night numbers are projections. They're not the actual numbers until yep. they're certified. Yep. Because you don't know what numbers are official. And then you recall that um, on most election nights that... Um, that happened here in America, all of the votes aren't in, but they can project a winner. Right. 
because that's based off they're they're adding up the electoral college votes in the background and not telling you that that's not what they're presenting to you they're presenting to you on um on live tv what's happening with the counts of votes coming in from people and then later on they'll tell you that this person is projected to win because they got all the electoral college votes they got the majority of them Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been recent in the past couple of um, election cycles that now they have that electoral college um, uh, chart at the bottom showing you how they're getting, you know, progressing with the win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's weird. We live in a society that's just uh, all kinds of messed up because, uh, you know, most of them people, most of them people that was writing the constitution couldn't read and write themselves. Hello? As slaves were drafting those letters. I mean, I mean, anybody that um, allowed you to put wood in their mouth as teeth, you know, come on. It wasn't wood. It was actually the teeth from from old slaves. George Washington's teeth were wood. He they used to get splinters they, in his they, they proved that they were. He used to get splinters actually, in his lips and nobody's going to tell me different. No, they were actually the teeth of his, his slaves. So they would take their teeth out and mm. passion them for, for him. Mm. So, yeah. So he had a slave teeth in his fucking mouth. That's it. Mm. But that's that's just where I'm at with this country. Because even me trying to watch some of the Senate um, hearings and meetings, the language is, you know, they're so the jargon is so thick that you have to translate that before you even figure out what's what they're talking about, and then to even make a decision like where you fall at on it. It's very confusing. That's why I watch the view because they they break it down in such a simplistic way. Oprah and and um, Hostin and um, the old you mean Whoopi. Whoopi. Uh, Whoopi. Whoopi. Yeah, they break it down in a way that's just you understand it at its simplest form because they make it so difficult, so you don't get it. So you wind up voting for something that you don't really understand. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of those bills that they have, the language that it, how they're written, they don't understand it. So they wind up either skipping it or just checking something. Mm-hmm. So you're voting to, and that's like the but some budget item things that they put on there. And but the way that they're voting, the way they word it is confusing. So I don't know. I, I just wish we could just get things back in order because it's just not it's confusing to me. While we're still in a, we're having a lot of the problems that we're having, and we don't have to have it if more people have been voting in these elections than ever before. And we're still having the problems because people aren't following up. They aren't coming out in the same capacity for local elections. Like the local, where I go to vote, and I go there every year, it's normally for the national election, it is packed. You got to get there first thing in the morning, or you had to get there last at night. And then for the local elections, you know, we can walk in and out, no problem. And they've combined. But which is why the rhetoric is so high. Yeah. This is why that's this is why that happened. And this is why you see everybody running in, in, in this particular state, running on a platform of crime, right? Because mm-hmm. unless crime hurts you, you're not going to talk about it. You're not going to do anything about it. You're not going to see anything happen. Like, mm-hmm. say, I'll use myself as an example. I've never been shot. I've never been shot at. I've never been around a gun. So would that be my issue? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Right, right. But I take up a cause because I see what happens around me. Right. It may not be directly happening to me, but I, it's happening around me. Other people are affected because I care. 
one. Yeah. I wish I didn't. I swear I do. But I do because I don't believe people deserve a lot of care, actually. Because you set yourself up for a lot of the problems that you suffer through. When you, especially when you don't do your civic responsibility. Exactly. That's why I said that. You set yourself yeah. up for a lot of stuff that you re, you should be re- caring about. Why don't you go to a city hall meeting? But you want to yell in the streets about how high crime is. Well, go down to the city hall to figure out why crime is high. Because that's where you should be telling your stories on why crime is high. Tell people what you see and maybe we can do something about it. But if you're going to keep your mouth shut, this is what you're going to get and this is what you deserve. And it's, but it's, and, and as a person who started going to those Monday meetings because I, the station was right there and I would just walk down there on my break, it just, it was frustrating because you could go, they let you in, but they still find ways to keep you from participating. And people don't know they can call the police anonymously. You don't have to be the witness. You don't have to be the witness to tell somebody about a crime. Yeah. That's what 1-800-LOCKUP is for. I mean, even if you... What's well, it called? 1-800-CRIME-something? Crime, crime Stoppers? Crime Stoppers, or something like that? yeah. Yeah. That's what I it's mean, for. You don't have to be the witness. You don't have to get on the stand. You don't have to do anything because the police's job is to find the evidence to convict. Mm. You don't have to do that. If you want a better city, start to talk. Stop with that snitching shit. But see, even with that, it's a misunderstanding because I'm not a criminal. Stop snitching is when two criminals have done something, either together <laughs> or separately. They don't want you to snitch to on snitch them. Right. The innocent party can't be a snitch. <laughs> right. It has nothing. Niggas who are not in the gangster life have usurped that so they feel like they are part of that life that they refuse to be a part of. Now it's everyday citizens that are snitches. I am going to say it. If you do something to somebody I know, I'm snitching. I don't give a fuck who you are. And most people in the family ain't going to say nothing about it because they want to benefit from the fact that you you broke that rule. I ain't a part of that lifestyle. I'm a fuck. I want to live better. I don't want to live bad. I don't want to live bad. No. No. I want be. I want to live better than I did when I grew up. I want to be better than I was when I was younger. I want to be better than I was. I want to be better than my parents were. Yeah. Because I got people that I'm living for today. Yeah, and I want to. I'm one of those people. Like my sister felt like she had to move all the way out of Hunt Valley in order to have a better quality of life. And I just don't want to move all the way out there. I mean, I don't want to live in, I'm not going to live in Baltimore for the rest of my life, but I definitely am not in a space where I want to go move out in the county and act like the problem don't exist. Mm. So that's just how it is. So we're going to be off next Friday because money need a break. That's why you got his hair done. He's going on a trip. (laughs) But we'll be back the following Friday, and I think that is like the 27th or something. This phone ain't ring all day now. It just won't stop. So we'll be gone on the 22nd, and we'll be back on the 29th. Yep. Um, unless Monty we'll talk with will be back that following Tuesday. Maybe for, I mean, you know, we might do a show next week, but I don't know. He could be somewhere on a date. You know, I'm going to be on the beach, I believe. I'll bet you that next week. 
So that's been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show. Please tune in every Friday, except for next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And don't forget to go to our website, www.bigsposedradioormedia.com, um, and check out our newer shows, our returning shows that happen throughout the week. And if you want a show, don't hesitate. Info at bigsposedradio.com and say, Nate, I want a show. And then you'll get a show just like that. Uh, anything else, definitely come on by the studio. Um, we're here. Um, we'll be moving uh, in August. So come on by. I have a lot of sales. This Sunday, I'll be at the Black Mall. That's at the garage on Lexington and Charles. Where are you moving to? You'll see when I get there. Uh, okay. Can't hold this bitch down. <laughs> But we'll be back on the 29th. So without further ado, have a nice day. Enjoy your weekend. Get out and get off your ass and vote. And leave them squeegee boys alone. Just say no thank you. And keep it moving. Or give them that change that you get that damn Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts coffee at. Peace out, people.